My friends, welcome to this edition of uh, the Aries New Moon, the second one, and the solar eclipse in Aries. I'll give you a short introduction and then we'll go into some detail. Now we have 13 lunar months in a year, and so one month has to have two moons. Now it's not the calendar month, but it is the astrological month. And the universe is giving us a real nudge by providing a solar eclipse at the same time as this new moon. Eclipses hold the power for dynamic change and unexpected shifts. This eclipse is squared by Pluto temporarily in Aquarius. And Mercury stationing retrograde on Uranus, both heightening their message of transformative change in direction. And Mercury being conjunct Uranus suggests a sudden, sudden unexpected news. We've been having a bit of that lately, haven't we? This solar eclipse is followed two weeks later by a lunar eclipse, just before the coronation of King Charles. Now let's get on to some of the details. We have 13 lunar months in a year. So here we had the first Aries new moon occurred at the one degree sign of the sign on the 19th of March. And now the second new moon in Aries occurs on the 20th of April at 29 degrees 50 minutes, around two o'clock in the afternoon, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Now, where Western Australia is fully in the path of the eclipse, the northwestern part of the state, the eastern states will be able to see only part of this occlusion. Do remember to view the eclipse, if you're going to, via a computer screen or a screen of some sort, and certainly not with a naked eye. So this eclipse in Aries is very much about new intentions. And while the wishes we made at the beginning of the month are still valid, we're being given another opportunity to really start something new, be bold. And the universe is giving us a real nudge by providing a solar eclipse at the same time. Now, solar eclipses always occur at new moons. And we'll have a lunar eclipse on the 5th of May, of the full moon. I'll tell you about that in a minute. So check your own charts and consider where you may still need to make some changes. This is the final degree of the sign and you're being asked how you have expanded your sense of self, Aries, in the last few years. This final degree of the sign can also bring warlike, angry and critical energy. But we do have free will. So if you feel those energies, try and diffuse that and emanate peace. Julia Simas from the CIA Central, no, it's not, no, it's not Central, it's, uh, you thought it was the Central Intelligence Agency, didn't you? It's the Cosmic Intelligence Agency, reminds us that the last time there was a solar eclipse in Aries was March 2006. And this would have been a significant shift then. Can you remember what may have changed for you then? I remember lots changed for me around that time. I'm not going to go into that right now. Be interesting to see what happens this time. What about the power and the meaning of an eclipse? Eclipses hold the power for dynamic change and unexpected shifts. 
and carry with them archetypal themes and ongoing patterns. And we can expect the energy of, energy of this eclipse to persist for up to six months. Eclipses also belong to what is known as a Saros cycle. And according to Bernadette Brady, a very good astrologer and well-published, this eclipse belongs to a, inverted commas, very sensual family of eclipses ranging from sudden sexual passions and lust to birth and procreative drives. This series is not subtle and can catch people off guard and confront them with their own very deep passion, which may have been hidden for many years. Flows inverted commas. So what else is happening with this eclipse? This eclipse is squared by Pluto temporarily in Aquarius and Mercury in Uranus uh, is Mercury and is conjunct Uranus in Taurus, stationing to turn for its next retrograde. And both these uh, planetary alignments heighten the message of transformative change in direction. So do have a look and see where 29 degrees of Aries is in your chart and what it might aspect. And by now, most would be already sensing its influence and the pivotal changes we are already in. For others, it might be more supple, subtle and noticed more fully over coming months. As Mars is the ruler of this eclipse, Mars action that makes things happen, we look for it again when it will square this eclipse point on the 20th of May and also when the sun squares this eclipse point in three months' time around the 20th of July, bringing this eclipse seed to further into light and into action. Let's watch out for those, eh? Now, what about Pluto? There's been lots of discussion about Pluto recently, recently, and there's going to be more. Because Pluto, the planet of transformation, which has been the energy behind the collapse of the financial systems and other systems that no longer serve the greater good, it's still pushing for permanent changes in our world. Pluto is forming an out-of-sign square to the moon's nodes, challenging our collective trajectory. The south node is where we have been, and that's in Scorpio. And the north node is where we're heading, in Taurus. And with Pluto's position, combined with this eclipse, conjunct the north node in Taurus, humanity is being pushed to bring past corruption to light and to move towards our collective destiny. Pluto is inviting us to break free from old conditioning that is actually preventing humanity from moving forward. So expect to see permanent changes in social and political areas of our lives. I do hope that actually includes some of the educational and the health aspects as well, because they're not working too well either. Pluto hovering at the end of Capricorn and the beginning of Aquarius is accelerating the collapse of the old world which is no longer serving the greater good. But this energy invites us to create the future we would like to see for ourselves. Remember the change comes from us, not from somewhere out there. So what sort of future would you like for yourself and your community? Now Mercury goes retrograde three times a year, so we've got a Mercury retrograde now in... Um, April, May, 
Mercury is the messenger and communication and transport specialist, and its stations retrograde on the 21st, just after the eclipse. So we can look forward to three weeks of challenges with transport and communication until he goes direct again on the 14th of May. But you know, it's not all bad. This is a very good time to review, revisit, reconsider your plans and ideas. Double check anything that concerns information transfer, communication, transport, especially flights. And Taurus energy is very good for checking details and any, anything in a very methodical way. But more importantly than that, Mercury is conjunct Uranus at the eclipse in the middle of Taurus. And this suggests sudden unexpected news. Maybe we find out truths that have been hidden, especially around finances. Since Taurus, where Uranus is currently uh, sitting or influencing, is about material goods, including finances, mining, agriculture. So this new moon and the eclipse is providing quite different energy from the first Aries new moon. So expect an interesting and volatile time. So we'll move on to the lunar eclipse, which occurs two weeks later on the second, on the sixth of May. And interestingly, this lunar eclipse occurs at fourteen degrees Scorpio, um, which is also ruled by Mars. The solar eclipse, beg your pardon. So it's ruled by Mars, and that this. Solar eclipse is also ruled by Mars. It's interesting that the path of the solar eclipse traverses a large part of Western Australia, as well as a number of Asian countries. And since eclipses have the reputation for uncovering what is hidden, I ask what we might expect from the mining interests in the West. Curiously, the lunar eclipse two weeks later covers the whole of Australia, as well as the North Island of New Zealand and some Asian countries. So what does this mean? I don't know the answer, but watch with interest to see what changes may occur for our country. Can we be a teacher, sorry, can we be a leader in the transition to a better world? How would it affect our mining interests, given that Western Australia has a lot of mining activity? Now, moving away from the astrological, I'm going to look at something which is a Taurus issue, but it's about toxins in our environment. You know, over many years, the toxic toxicity of our environment has gradually increased. And for some, the recent pandemic has served as a window into our health. And while the referred information I've got down below and the, and the links in, in the notes refers to the US population, it can also be extrapolated to the wider Western communities. And, you know, being aware of some of these issues allows us to consider better and different strategies. And while diet and lifestyle are behind many of the trends towards obesity, diabetes, increases in allergic, inflammatory and autoimmune diseases, 
there are environmental toxins and endocrine disruptors that may also play significant roles. The traditional medical establishment appears not to have considered the significance of these factors in fertility, metabolic health, and cancer. Really? Maybe you can tell me differently. In inverted commas, although several industrial chemicals and toxins have been identified as carcinogens, many more remain persistent in the environment. In inverted commas. Now, as human beings taking more responsibility for our own well-being, it's smart to know about these toxins, some of which you'll be already aware. And there's a Medscape article, which I've put the notes in the notes, for you to look at microplastics, phthalates, I don't think that's the correct pronunciation, but who knows, bisphenol A, BPA, dioxins and polychlorinated bisphenols, pesticides, and Dr. Zach Bush has much more information on glyphosate, which has been a very popular weedicide for 50 years. And per and polyfluoroalkyl substances known as PFAS. So have a look and see if any of those ingredients are on any of the, the bottles or tins of anything that you use. Now, a little note, sort of just harking back to Pluto and astrological influence. I see evidence of Pluto in the last throes of Capricorn eliciting what has been deceitful and not serving humanity. And it's shown to me, partly, by the withdrawal of the AstraZeneca vaccine from Australia. Oh, they were wanting us to, they were very excited about us being injected with AZ vaccine. But now it's no longer available. Did you know that? Why? And further information, the publication of damning internal documents from Pfizer further exposes deceitful activities surrounding the release of this vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine as well. So thank you, Naomi Wolf, and have a look at what she's got to say about it. So this is Pluto uncovering lies and deceit. We were told it's safe and effective. We're finding out that it wasn't. Now, you may be one of the many folk who accepted a vaccine or several doses of it. Don't stress. We all made the best decisions according to our own values and information at the time. Some of us were even blackmailed. You get the vaccine? Or you lose your job. And so let's not be in judgment of whatever others may have done, but rather extend love and understanding to each other. In that way, our world will heal much more quickly and regain our excellent health. We are all on our own unique journeys. So respect each other. Now, more evidence of Pluto uncovering information that has been hidden is discussed by Del Bigtree on the High Wire. Now, I've referred to this channel a few times in other episodes. And it's interesting to me to hear the opinion of the Swedish Minister for Health comparing the stance of Sweden 
in contrast to that of Mark McGowan in Western Australia. I suspect there's going to be more revelations. Now understand that good old Pluto will retrograde back into Capricorn from June the 10th until mid-January 2024, so for another six months. And so I believe we can expect more attempts at control, either with another pandemic, oh really, or with a climate change agenda. Now you may you may have differences of opinion with me on that, okay? Or anything that can stir up confusion and fear in the wider population. So I've got some um, references for you to look at in the notes. Now let's talk about something a little bit happy. The coronation of King Charles III is scheduled for the 6th of May at 11 o'clock London time. And so I was prompted to look at Charles's birth chart and the chart for the coronation. And there are a number of interesting connections. To start with, Charles's chart shows a person with very fixed energy, Scorpio sun, Taurus moon, exactly conjunct the son of the late Queen Elizabeth, his mother, and Leo ascendant, perfect for a ruler. Fixed energy indicates a strong person disinclined to adjust to changes. And his moon exactly on his mother's son shows a very strong connection with her. I suspect that he is still grieving and that he's missing the strong guidance that she provided in her lifetime. And it's my opinion that he has underestimated the amount of work she actually did and struggles adjust to his kingly schedule. There are a number of astrologers who have opined that he will never be crowned. Well, it's still possible. There are others who believe that he will abdicate in favour of Prince William earlier rather than later and certainly not wait until the end of his life. So when his chart is considered together with the chart of the coronation, there are a number of interesting observations. Despite no mention in the media, I believe there is, a strong, astrolo there is, is strong astrological guidance around the choice of time and date. 11 o'clock on the 6th of May shows a chart that also has Leo ascending the same as Charles appropriate for a king, while the midheaven, the house of his public persona, is in Aries, and excellent for providing strong pioneering energy. The sun is still in Taurus, also in the 10th house, indicating stability and perhaps reflecting his interest in agriculture and the environment, and maybe also link with the finances of England, don't know. This 10th house energy in the coronation chart is much stronger than that of his natal chart and perhaps does emphasise the role of finance, Taurus, and agriculture in his reign. Some commentators do link this energy to the financial condition of the United Kingdom, where Charles has reportedly initiated some welcome changes. Some prominent astrologers also point to Mercury retrograde, also in the 10th house, suggesting that agreements and contracts around the coronation may cause problems in the future. Maybe. Now, there's much more astrological commentary possible, but I'll just leave it there. And then there are other considerations. Quote, 
The Anglican Church has never crowned a divorced man as king, let alone one who has confessed to adultery, and nor has a woman participating in adultery become queen. End quote. Is the church breaking its own rules by proceeding with this coronation? Or have they changed them and we don't know about it? Do check out more information from Stylecaster and, more importantly, the Australian astrologer Jessica Adams, and I've provided some links in the notes for you to do that. Now, you know, there's always a story with my little newsletters, and this is a personal story. I was in Melbourne recently for my, for my grandson's fourth birthday, and I had the opportunity to take him to the city on public transport. You know, bear in mind he travels in the car most often. My destination was Crown Towers Hotel, which often has some interesting and mind-blowing displays in the foyer. And I was hoping for an Easter theme, but instead was greeted by Formula One merchandise, in which we weren't particularly interested. But anyway, it was an, it was an outing. But for Lucas, the highlight was the public transport journey. We caught a train, which only went a few stations before announcing that because of work on the line, we needed to transfer to a bus to take us into the city. So Lucas and I sat up in the front seat of the bus from where we had an excellent view. In his little mind, we were on a double-decker bus. He loved that. Then we caught a tram to Crown Towers Hotel where he demolished a bowl of fried rice for lunch and he was fascinated by a beautiful display of goldfish just as they do, just moving around in the beauty of the water. It was just lovely. Now, there's an interesting water feature in the foyer of Crown Towers. He was very curious about this water feature, so he dipped his finger in the water to see how real it was. It is, it is real. But by that time, he'd had enough of this outing and he asked it to go home. So we caught the train back home. I really enjoy being a grandmother, um, and it's fun to do these little outings. But he's bringing me to be aware of how simple experiences are so meaningful to a child. He didn't care about Easter uh, bunny or the eggs, although there were a few in the foyer of, of the hotel. So, folks, that's the end of uh, the story for today. I hope you have an interesting solar eclipse experience and new moon in Aries. Please let me know what happens for you. I'd be very interested to find out. Have a great month. Bye for now.